You're listening to the Inside the Mix podcast with your host, Mark Matthews. Hello and welcome to the Inside the Mix podcast. I'm Mark Matthews, your host, musician, producer, and mix and mastering engineer. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about your favorite synth music artists, music engineering and production, songwriting, and the music industry. I've been writing, producing, mixing and mastering music for over 15 years and I want to share what I've learned with you. Hey, welcome back to another Inside the Mix podcast uh, tutorial video. So in this one, I'm actually going to not go through a music production tutorial, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to share the experience that I've had over the last week. So this is recorded on the 2nd of July, 2022. So I released a song called Take Me Back, which features Indigo on vocals. So it's like an EDM synthwave type track. And I released it on the 28th of June. So in this video, what I'm gonna do is, or rather this podcast uh, tutorial, what I'm gonna do is share some experience that I've had over the last week with regards to this release and also the run up to the release. And hopefully what you should be able to take away is some tools and techniques that you might be able to use in your releases. Interesting, what I'd also like to hear is your feedback in response to the things I've come up with. Okay, so the first one. So leading up to this particular song being released, um, it probably took about 18 months in total. And I revisited it numerous times. I I put it to bed, I put it to to one side, and then I would come back and um, go through it again, try mixing, adding bits and pieces to it. It started out actually, so Take Me Back started out as a uh, an instrumental remix track. Um, and I sent it out to a few people to have a listen to and they fed back to me saying, actually, it's an instrumental, but you could also consider a vocal on top of it. So one thing in, that was key in the build up to this track, which I strongly encourage that you do, is to get advice and feedback from other producers and other artists. So actually what I did was I would send the track out and just candid feedback and off the back of that feedback I would then improve the track but I wouldn't send every iteration of that track out for feedback the key thing here is to is to get friends or artists that you trust don't just send it out to anybody okay send it out to those artists that you've built a network a supportive network up with because you know you're going to get candid and supported feedback what you don't want to do is just send blindly send your track link to someone Okay, check out my track. I'd love your feedback. You need to establish that network and that supportive network first. So having done that, you then get that feedback. But don't send every iteration out. Have a milestone, first mix, maybe a vocal mix. Send that out, get feedback. Okay, then build and adapt that particular mix before you send another one. So a few things to take away from this process. Okay, the first thing is, because it was stretched over such a long period of time, I think there is potential that it could be detrimental to the mix. It took a lot longer than it should have, and the track count is a lot higher, okay, than I would like. And I attribute that down to the fact that I did it over about 18 months, okay? Now, artists might seem different, may may say differently, but I think because I revisited it in sessions lasting over those 18 months, it meant that I was adding bits and pieces every time, and the track count just got higher and higher, and the, the actual mix of it just got more unmanageable, so I had to take bits out. And ultimately, um, I think it could potentially be detrimental to the mix. Now, the mix itself is good. I've had some really good feedback. I've also had some really good critique on it as well, which is key. And the key there is is not to take that personally, and I don't. Um, And it's something I can build on next time. So my learning curve, so the first point I'm trying to get across here is potentially that less is more. Think of your track count. 
And I think in the podcast itself as well, I often go on or bang on about deadlines. And what I should have done is set myself a deadline and said, right, this is it. Okay. I don't want it to be any longer, maybe three months rather than 18 months. And at that point, move on or get it released. And I think because, as I say, I did stretch it out over that length of time, the track count is way too high. And also, I think that it has been detrimental to the mix. Because what I've done is over those 18 months, I've actually progressed as a mix engineer. As we do, we learn and progress as we go along. And I've progressed and my style has changed. And in doing so, I'm having to then go back and revisit that mix to try and get it to fit my new style. So it's been a battle. Okay. So yeah, my first key takeaway of feedback is less is more and stick to a deadline. So my next piece of advice is to network. Okay. And by network, I mean is to get involved with your online community. If there is a local community, fantastic. But there's a massive, massive online synth based community. And it probably goes for any genre, to be honest. The key is, is to get involved in these particular areas, whether it's Instagram threads, um, whether it's a Facebook group, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's Twitch, okay, you'll find there are lots out there. And it's the key thing is to get involved and start talking and sharing music. Now, when I say sharing music, what I'm not saying is just a cold message or DM saying, here's my new song, check it out, okay? What you should do leading up to release and afterwards and just in general, okay, is to build a relationship. Ask the other person or group about them. Get involved, show an interest, okay? And naturally, the topic of music will come up further down the line and it will be a natural, hey, I love your music. Um, I've been chatting to you, checked out your stuff and love it. So my key bit here, okay, is to just not bombard someone or people with cold DMs, okay? Or emails saying, this is my music, check it out. Build a supportive network. And via proxy, with that supportive network, you'll find that it will help you in terms of when you do release that music, okay, you'll, you'll see your shares grow exponentially. But it's give and take. I think there's a really, really good parable for that you could check out called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. And I'll put a link in the show notes to this. And it talks about how you just give, 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 okay? So share content, all right? Comments, okay? Share their profiles of the artists that you like and be supportive. And in turn... As time progresses, that will compound and it will come back to you. And you'll find that you'll be part of an incredibly supportive network, as I'm, I'm blessed to be. Um, I mean, I've met so many great people online through the synth-based community, so many supportive and amazing people, and um, it's fantastic. So the key thing here from this particular part is to network and talk and show an interest in us. Let's take a quick break from this episode so that I can tell you about a free resource that I made for you. It's a PDF checklist that describes what you need to do to properly prepare a mix for mastering. So you've done the hard work and you love your mix, yet suitably preparing a mix for mastering is often overlooked by musicians, resulting in delayed sessions, excessive back and forth conversation, and frustration on both parts. I want to help fix that. So if you want this free resource, just go to www.synthmusicmastering.com as this checklist will help and guide you to make the mastering process as smooth, transparent, and exciting as possible. So again, the URL is www.synthmusicmastering.com for this free preparing a mix for mastering checklist. Let's get back to the episode. This next part is just a bit of reflection on my YouTube music video release. Now, interestingly, and I don't know why, but the YouTube algorithm jumped on this particular release and my views shot up. Now, I don't have a huge YouTube following. 
Uh, it's, I think at the point of this, it's about 151 subscribers. Um, but on the day of the music video release, I just saw an exponential share, okay? And the YouTube algorithm jumped on it and was recommending it. And I, to be honest with you, I don't actually know why. Um, all I can say is the time of day I released it was 7 p.m. The keywords I used in the tags were no different to before. The description was like all the other videos I've um, released. The That's the title that is. The actual episode description, maybe it was shorter than usual. I didn't put lyrics in. But apart from that, oh, actually, to be fair, I didn't actually put a description of the track either. Um, but to be honest, it was the same as any other release. So I'm not entirely sure why, but YouTube did jump on it and I'm not complaining. Um, but I thought I would just share with you my YouTube experience in that um, I also release YouTube shorts. And I find that if I release shorts leading up to a video release like this, it does help. Maybe it's the compound effect in terms of like, I'll get views on those shorts and they'll gradually build and YouTube takes an interest. And then when I release that full video, it jumps on it and it shares it as a recommendation. So I guess what you can take away from this is if you are using YouTube, which is a tough nut to crack, don't get me wrong, is to use the shorts element. So the 15 second shorts and maybe post behind the scenes sort of footage of how you created your track, which I'm gonna go into in a bit in a minute. Um, so yeah, I just thought I'd share a bit of my YouTube experience. I'd be interested to know as an audience what experience you've had with YouTube or any tips or tricks. So if you do have any, leave a comment in this video. Alternatively, uh, join the Facebook group on Facebook. Obviously it's a Facebook group. Uh, there is a link in the show notes. So this next observation. So this is an idea that I took from a short video I saw on TikTok where it said to create 15 bits of behind the scenes content. And admittedly, I have repurposed this and I've shouted out on TikTok as well. So what I did was I created uh, behind the scenes videos of various bits and pieces of uh, the track Take Me Back before I released it. And then on the release day, what I did was I had a behind the scenes in the evening and I think I had the music video snippet or something in the morning. And I staggered that over the next four or five days. So a bit of reflection on this. The positives that came out of this approach are that I had more people engage in conversation, specifically on TikTok, asking about various bits and pieces. For example, um, what claps did you use here? Is this mixed, etc.? And what I did find interestingly with that feedback particularly on the behind the scenes was there was a lot more critique on the music which is a good thing because what i find is when there's critique on your music um, on these platforms on social media that starts discussion and via discussion and shares you'll see the algorithm jump on it in theory now i'm not an expert but that's what i'm led to believe so that's a plus when it comes to the behind behind the scenes network you can start those conversations and you can start having conversations about how you put it together and answering questions and getting that honest critique. I think the negative side of this approach, apart from being quite time consuming to put together, um, is that when I look at my feed visually from a visual perspective, it looks very, very similar. Each post looks similar. So on reflection, probably what I need to do is to make sure that each post is slightly different in some way, whether I have a different cover image or something along those lines. Otherwise, for someone visiting my profile, it just looks like the same video repurposed over and over again. And that's my phone going off because I didn't put it on silent. But it's a, I think it's a great thing to do is to get your audience involved in how you created the track. 
rather than just the video, which is amazing. Okay, I see some amazing videos and I see some amazing artwork. But if you could get people actually discussing the track itself and behind the scenes, I think you've got more room there for engagement. Um, so I'll be interested to see if anyone does take that approach. And if you do, tag me in it on Instagram or whatever network it is. And um, I'll check it out and, uh, and see what you do. This last bit of experience I'm going to share with you is about reflection. So as creatives, I think it's important that we reflect. And when we create, we release something, reflecting back on the process of what we've done is key to progression. And I do it constantly with my music. I'm always listening to my music, listen, looking at mixes, looking at masters, thinking actually what could I do differently there and reflecting and taking that experience and moving on and using it in my next release. And the approach I'm now going to take is very similar to what I'm doing here. So I'm going to record myself talking about it. Now this is a having a podcast and having this video tutorial is a fantastic way for me to get my ideas down and actually share them as well. I'm not saying I'm the expert or the oracle on any of this. This is just my experience and I'm hoping that it's going to be of use to some of the audience of you listening and that you may have shared this experience and you might be able to comment and feedback or give me pointers even in terms of actually, Mark, have you tried this? Maybe this will work for you next time because we're always learning and evolving and I think that's key. And so what I'm trying to say to you here is at the end of your next release, try this. Actually just talk into your phone and talk about the release, what went well, what didn't go well and then save it and then listen to it before you do your next release and act upon it and then reflect again and go through that iterative process of reflection. And it'd be great that maybe at the end of a month, a month, a year, 18 months to listen to it as a whole and see how far you have progressed. Because yeah, you got your music and you can hear progression in your music and your songwriting, but actually listening to yourself talk and the confidence in terms of your progression and that the examples and experiences you've had over that time, I think will be amazing. Anyway, it's just an idea um, and it's something that I'm going to do. And I'd be intrigued to know if you do something similar. And as always, share it with me, Instagram DM, or you can put it in the comments on this YouTube video, or you could head over to the Facebook community group, link in the description. If you enjoy these podcast episodes, the Inside the Mix podcast, what I want you to do is hit subscribe, whether that's YouTube or your podcast platform of choice and leave a review or comment. Now, I've been talking a lot about the single Take Me Back. So what I've done is in the show notes for this episode, you'll find a link to the track Take Me Back, both the YouTube and the Spotify link. Give it a listen and let me know your thoughts. Thank you for listening to our show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate our show on Apple Podcasts. Just a friendly reminder before you go, don't miss out on your free test master at Synth Music Mastering. Imagine enhancing your music with my dedicated commitment to quality and that personalized touch. And guess what? It's absolutely free of charge. So claim your free test master now at synthmusicmastering.com or click on the link in the episode description.